This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 149. Well, uh, I don't know what to say, guys. It was it was an ugly weekend all around, you know. Vigs, Friday night was really bad. We thought they might come back with a, play a little better on Saturday, and uh, in the end, they really didn't. No, we saw a lot of the same from the Gophers all weekend in terms of where they had mistakes. Uh, Bob Moscow said this week that they have the problem identified and they have a glaring problem on their defensive side of the puck right now. Uh, they're getting beat around the net, and when you play a team like Penn State, that is their forte. It's what they did to Minnesota to end their season last year, and they put an exclamation point on their rivalry against Minnesota this last weekend. And, and Vings, you know, we were talking about a little bit before we started the show that, you know, I, I'm just frustrated with, you know, like you said, around the net. It just seems like we just kind of let guys do whatever they want in front of us, you know, when the puck is loose, instead of getting on, getting body on somebody and, and just doing something instead of just letting somebody just take the puck and put it in. Because, you know, I, I thought that Robson played fairly well. And even Shearhorn played fairly well, but you know they, they can only expect him to get the first save, maybe the second save. But when the puck is loose in front of the net, Vigs, you got to get some bodies there. Yeah, and I think that's probably the most frustrating thing to see, both as a fan, a commentator, a uh, coach, is that the players are in the area. You know, on a lot of these goals, there's probably five Minnesota players between the dots, below the tops of the circles. They are in the region where they can compete for space and prevent their opponent from getting to loose pucks, and they just don't. There just isn't the compete there. There isn't the attention to detail with their body positioning to keep the opponent away from the net. I think we saw earlier in the year there are situations where Minnesota players were looking for the puck in the crease with their stick. They've stop doing that they're now putting their numbers their goalie like they're supposed to but they're not following through on the next step which is tying up sticks which is getting body on body and protecting their net now hammy um if you ask me this sounds like a fundamental part of hockey these are the basics aren't they well i mean they should be but i think that we all know that hockey is a game of passion and you know if guys aren't exhibiting that it really doesn't matter how much hockey sense you have it doesn't really matter um, how much skill you have you really have to have that passion and and work ethic and some of these guys aren't willing to put that in you know that's what's the end result's going to be and I think that we're kind of seeing with some of these guys uh, for one reason or another they're just not showing up the way that they should be and Viggs, I think the most frustrating part is that you know a lot of these guys they want a future they want to go to the NHL obviously they're not all going to do that but 
that's their goal. And if you're not doing the basics, if you're not busting your ass, uh, it's not going to be much different at the next level. Yeah, each level you go up, you're going to be tested at all areas of your game. You're going to be tested offensively, defensively. You know, the games get tighter as you move up. And I think we're seeing situation. These guys are all great skaters. They all have a lot of skill. You look at the Minnesota roster, a lot of draft picks. But as Hammy was getting at, this is more the compete level. You know, when you're playing against somebody who's probably closer in skill than you're used to in the past, you know, this is where the magnifying glass comes out on what kind of compete you have. And right now it's just not there for them. And I know it's got to be frustrating for the coaches because when I go to practice and I look at the drills, you know, they are drilling this body position into the players. They are drilling these fundamentals into them on the rush. But it's just it disappears during the game for some reason. Well, you know, a lot of times we've talked in the past, you know, we've complained, oh, Lucia's not doing this, Lucia's doing that. And, uh, you know, it's starting to look like it's not, it wasn't just Lucia, it's the players. You know, the players, you, you, you got to give some effort here, guys. I mean, I think that's what I'm the most frustrated with. I mean, they're getting, they're getting beaten at the basics. Well, I think it's more than just effort. I mean, I'll let Hammy talk to this, but I think it's more than just effort that comes into play in these situations. Well, I think for me, you know, I see people commenting on, you know, well, it's essentially the same team as last year. We just missed last year. And, you know, does Moscow deserve some of the blame now and all that? I think what people need to realize is that we're talking about culture change. And anybody who's ever been in a in a business or any kind of, you know, whatever it might be, when you have change at the leadership role, um, especially when it's somebody from outside of that business, there's going to be you know, some, I think, culture shock for some people who are really accustomed to how things used to be. And some people are capable of adapting to it and some people aren't. I've gone through that in the last year with uh, seeing some coworkers have a hard time with new leadership at, at my business. And and uh, I think that we're seeing that with 19 to 23 year old kids that some of them are capable of handling, you know, a culture change like what's happened this year. And some of them are not. And um, unfortunately, I think it's one of those things where you're not really going to see some changes until we weed out certain players. And um, I guess one thing that the coach has going for him for next year is we are graduating several players, some of them who have performed relatively well this year. But um, we're going to be graduating a bunch of guys, and they're going to be bringing in some fresh new blood next year. And I think that will help build some consistency in some of these areas that we're seeing some weakness in right now. Yeah, I get. I guess I'm just frustrated because uh, I see it as uh, passion. You know, if you're playing hockey, you need to have the passion. You need to do the work to get the wins. You see other teams doing this exact same thing. Why are you so damn lazy? Why can't you uh, see that? That's just the frustrating part. I'm guessing it's probably the same thing with the fans. I mean, the fans are getting pissed off. Vicks. They they see this kind of effort, and it's unacceptable. Yeah, it was interesting when Minnesota had a little stretch there where it looked like they were going to turn the corner. You know, you could see the effort on the ice where they were winning the one-on-one battles, where they were showing the compete, and the fans responded to that. You know, when you saw the games uh, against Michigan and Wisconsin, you know, the, the, the fans responded to that. The Ohio State games, you know, they got great goaltending, but they competed better. And it's just these situations, uh, they can snowball a little bit. And it doesn't get any easier this weekend with Ohio State because they are a disciplined team and they're not going to give Minnesota anything either. 
well, I don't know, 7-2 loss, 6-2 loss. Uh, I believe that's six straight at Penn State, isn't it, Viggs? Yep, six straight, and, uh, two in the playoffs and two down last year. Yeah, and then I got Not a happy valley for the Gophers. <laughs> I know Frank Mazzocco was looking up some of the, the records, and I believe the record, there's much worse records on the road. They had some against Michigan Tech for basically the entire 70s, or they might have won one game or something ridiculous like that. Tech was the powerhouse back then. Yeah, they were. Michigan Tech was uh, obviously very good. Um, And then against Denver, and they had some, like, 10-game streaks against North Dakota where they couldn't win a game. Um, So they're they're not in that territory yet, and hopefully by next season they could turn it around. But I think it's just just disappointing because, yes, Penn State is good, but you know what? Yes, Penn State is still fairly new on the scene, and they've just got Minnesota's number right now, Hammy. Well, I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking before the show. I think sometimes you, you know, it's all about matchups, you know, at certain teams. And I think the way that Penn State plays the game is right now just a really bad matchup, especially defensively for the Gophers. Um, they get to the net, they get a lot of pucks on net. And um, obviously, when if you're not playing well in those areas, uh, it, you know, it's going to bite you. And I think that's just kind of what we're seeing. Some teams you match up well. Even if you have some deficiencies, your deficiencies aren't necessarily strengths of the other team. And in this case with Penn State, you know, the the areas that they've played well at and they do well at, we just have not been strong at this last couple of years. I'm looking at some of the questions in the Mixler chat, and it seems like that's where you get more of the questions these days. Um, you know, you got Sky Uma Law. He says, how many of our defensemen were recruited to be bruisers and be defensive stalwarts? And, uh, Hammy, I'll let you speak to that. I mean, I think that's kind of what they were going for, but they're not getting offense or defense out of these guys. Well, I mean, I don't think that Gophers ever really tend to have over the years tend to recruit guys just to be a bruiser. I mean, we've always, I think a lot of fans will harp on the fact that most of the guys that they've recruited tend to be more of that finesse puck moving types of guys. And, um, unfortunately the, the current group, um, for the most part, they aren't physical and they're not the puck-moving types. Yep. Um, they're just kind of mediocre all around. I mean, they haven't progressed in one way or the other. Um, you know, there's some guys, some of the younger guys might still have some promise. I think it's a little too early to write them off. But I think some of the guys that uh, we have seen you know, in recent years, they just haven't been really either the physical bruising type that's a shutdown defensive defenseman, nor have we seen guys that have been you know, really great offensively and just been okay. You know, you can handle okay defense if they're great offensively and just haven't seen that. And uh, that's something that's going to have to turn around. And on the flip side of Viggs, um, to have a good defense, you need to have good defensive forwards that come back and do their job as well. Yeah, it definitely helps to have forwards, especially centers. You know, I think that the key forward who comes back and plays defense is the center who's, typically kind of that third defenseman in the zone. And what you're looking for is guys who can skate, guys who have size, and guys who have the right hockey sense. And I think right now you're looking at this group, and they've got two of the three. You know, All the defensemen are still very good skaters. Uh, they all have good size pretty much. Uh, you'd think Nanny would probably be the only one who's a little bit undersized, and he's probably got a little bit more offensive flair to his game. But the thing that's missing right now is hockey sense for these guys. You know, knowing which position to be in, uh, where the dangers are, uh, where the escape routes are, and 
you just see time and time again that the critical mistakes hurt this team and they compounded it on Saturday night by taking bad penalties. And usually you don't get a coach to air the dirty laundry, but Bob Moscow hasn't been shy this week. He's mentioned there are three penalties that killed him, and one of them was by Tyler Nanny, who cross-checked a player into the boards. Could have easily been more than two minutes. Uh, yes. Saparanta, you know, his check from behind, just a check you can't make in college hockey. And then Jack Sadek pulling down the breezer of somebody who beat him in the wall battle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially on the road. When you're on the road in the hostile environment, you've got to play smarter. And it's clear that these guys had just not gotten the message, have they? No, it's not. And and that was a problem last year, too, is the undisciplined penalties. And you just – I don't know where the coaches are using the sticks. You know, Bob Motzko said early in the season that the players put a gun in his hand when they kept taking penalties like this and he was going to take care of business, whether or not it was – you know, scratching guys out of the lineup or take them out of some special teams or ice time. Uh, you just kind of wonder what's going to happen this weekend against Ohio State. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, I mean, right now, I mean, didn't you you did the math and they are completely out of it unless they win their tournament, isn't that? Well, what College Hockey News did the math. They okay. well, I know they yeah, did but... their they did their two hundred thousand uh, Monte Carlo <laughs> simulations and Minnesota cannot get in the top sixteen. So there's no chance for them to get in other than the Big Ten. I think that's why you'll see both goalies. I kind of wonder what you'll see for ice time for the defensemen this weekend as they try to you know, figure out what they can do on the back end. And, and, and you know what? We'll, we'll talk about it later, but it, we seem to match up well with Ohio State, though. And we, well, we, did, we, did go to two, we did go to two overtimes with them here at Mariucci, and we did lose in the, you know, in the, extra, the extra point, but uh, – it wasn't really that bad. And well, the problem is that Ohio state has gotten a lot better, but still, I do think one of the reasons they match up well against Ohio state is they're not really a high pressure team. They're more of a team that benefits with their strong structure and they counterattack a little bit more. You know, when you start going through the neutral zone against the Buckeyes, there's not a lot of space and they're looking to create turnovers. So it's a it's a better matchup. That's why I think Minnesota matched up pretty well against Minnesota Duluth early in the year and got all of our hopes up. <laughs> that was another team that didn't play a real high pressure game. You flip that around and you play teams like Penn State, uh, North Dakota, Minnesota State. Those teams are going to play in your face, and that's the style that Minnesota has struggled with with this current culture of player. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm kind of curious. How are you feeling about these other Minnesota schools right now? I mean, we've got St. Cloud as the number one team. We've got Duluth up there playing really well as well. Minnesota State. Um, it is pretty much that Minnesota is the laughing stock in Minnesota right now. Uh, well, I mean, I guess what do you? I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I mean, I mean, it's not it's not looking good for our program, but those other programs have figured out a way to uh, really succeed while Minnesota's down. Well, I mean, I think it's just uh, there's been some good stability there. I think, you know, Moscow set up St. Cloud pretty well. Um, and, and obviously, I mean, it, the jury's out on what Larson's going to end up doing there in the long run. I mean, he's basically handed out a really good team. So we'll see how that kind of plays out as the years go along. And, uh, Sandlin's obviously been a successful coach up there, so you just have to give them credit for what they've built. Um, 
you know, I think Mankato has been good in the sense that they, you know, regular season, obviously they've had their letdowns when it really matters the most. So we'll see if they, they can, you know, turn that around at all. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's not like it's the first time where this program has struggled and other teams have done well. I think that um, it's just going to take a year or two for us to kind of get some guys in here and get the coach um, you know, get his message across and getting the right players and the right attitudes in here. And, um, you know, we saw that the last time we had a coaching change. It just took a few years before uh, we really saw what we wanted to see. And it takes patience. And it sucks when you're in that kind of crappy zone that we've been in here in this last year or two. But, um, you know, hopefully it'll be turning around next year or the year after that. Well, I hope it does turn around because Viggs, we're in like the lowest pairwise position and wins and losses uh, than we've been in a extremely long time. Yeah, it's been a while since they've had a season that's gone this pear-shaped. Um, and I do think it's going to take a little bit more time than people want because on the back end, you know, Mike Caster looks to be the only defenseman who's going to come in next year. Maybe there will be another guy that they can bring in, but – to be yeah, honest, when you, you're recruiting you, in Minnesota, you need guys who can skate, and you're not going to find a lot of 20 year olds who are uncommitted out there who can skate like the Gophers need but, on I defense. Mean, but Kester, he's he's a senior in, in high school right now. Are you really want to rely on a, a kid right out of high school? This is not the 90s and Mike Crowley coming in. I mean, it's usually if you want a decent defenseman coming in, these guys need to play some juniors. So you, I mean we're putting a lot of pressure on a freshman coming in from Chaska high school. Well, I don't think he's going to be the game changer next year. I think they're going to need the returning guys to improve their games. You know, Caster is just going to be a piece of that. He's not going to be a savior, but he's the only guy really slated to come in right now. I think the guys like Jackson Lacombe and Ryan Johnson, you know, those are guys who are going to be draft eligible this year as well. Those guys would be better off playing a year junior before they come anyway. But because since we have so many guys that are, you know, they're going to graduate and or leave, it, it we kind of need some of these bodies coming in next year, don't we? Well, they're, they're going to need guys up front. You know, they're going to lose uh, six, seven forwards here. Uh, I think they're going to lose both goaltenders. I know Frozen Four Champs just was asking about Jack LaFontaine. You know, he's going to be the other goalie with Jared Moe. Uh, both those guys will be coming in. Uh, one will be, you know, basically a junior, and the other a freshman. So, uh, get that position back on track, scholarship wise. Uh, but there's not a lot of changes they can make on the back end right now. They're going to need improvement to come from within. And we had a little concern with Mo this past week. He's he's injured, and a lot of people thought it was might have been an ACL. But it, are we hearing it's not as bad as we thought it was? Yeah, he told me it's about a six-week injury. Uh, didn't really <laughs> want to get into specifics. Um, but I'm my, just uh, laughing because everybody was panicking. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> You're right. She's people were, people oh were panicking. It was, it was. all these people, it's like, dude, you don't even know. Like most, of the, They're looking at internet rumors and freaking out. It's like, dude, I thought why? that was pretty good. And then, uh, I thought and it was funny. I'm glad I just shut up because I just want to <laughs> watch people freak out and like act like, did oh you Did you talk to him, Viggs? Yeah, I, I talked to him, and he didn't really want to get into details about it other well, than it was should. a six-week deal. Um, he's spending some time at home. Uh, he was at the last series for the Gophers against Michigan. He'll probably go to the, the games coming up here with Notre Dame. Um, but he's just going to rest it here. 
Uh, my scientific mind would tell me it's probably something like an MCL or a strain. Sprain, uh, if it was an ACL, he'd be done in having surgery already. But yeah. he's looking to come back and play still this year. And that, you know, there you go, people. So, so Bonin twenty one could relax if he could ever actually relax. I don't know because he was freaking out. I know he was one of those freaking out. So there you go. Skyuma Law was just asking about Mo's knee. So that's that's what we know. Six weeks, hopefully, Skyuma. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I, I think the biggest concern for me right now, Viggs, is, um, boy, you know, are, are we, we're having trouble selling tickets. We're having trouble people showing up. Um, if they make a quick exit, the Big Ten tournament, it's going to be a very tough sell next summer for season tickets and, you know, just individual tickets, isn't it? It is going to be a tough sell. And I don't know if there's a whole lot of benefit to them slashing prices. Cause I, I don't know if that's going to draw back people anyway, mm-hmm. you know, so I will be interesting to see what strategy they take. Uh, cause this could be a little two year process for them to get back where they want to be. Uh, cause they're top forwards right now, you know, she and Pitlick, you know, she, he's going to graduate Pitlick. He's a junior Nashville owns his rights. He could be gone as well. You know, it could be another tough year coming up next year, but you never know once, once that culture starts to change, maybe it turns around a little bit faster, but, uh, tickets will be interesting to watch. Uh, I still think college hockey is a great entertainment value and the people who compare it to the wild, the prices are nowhere near the same. I. I don't go to the wild game, so I really don't know. So, <laughs> lower level seats for a good wild game are twice of the most expensive game for the Gophers. I, I like I said, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just concerned because you know, obviously, this year uh, they dropped below five thousand in season tickets, and we're finding a lot of the season ticket holders don't even show up a lot of times. So, and I mean, beyond the Wisconsin series, which we know they sold. You know, ten thousand six hundred tickets that Saturday night, or whatever, or Friday night, or whatever it was. We know there's going to be issues, and and uh, a quick exit like last year, uh, it could be big trouble. I got to be honest, with you though. Why do we care as fans right now? To me, the reality is is that until this team starts to win. Worrying about tickets and all that stuff, it just doesn't matter. You, you got to like fix the on-ice issue first, get that fixed, and then you'll attract the fans. I, I don't expect fans to show up if they don't think the team's going to be very good. So you got to fix that problem first, and then all the other stuff kind of hopefully falls into place. If they have to run promotions, change ticket prices, whatever, then that's great. Well, but I, I, I just think worrying about it now, it just it's not really – the most important thing i i get if you're in marketing at the u or you're the ad and you want to sell tickets and make money i get for those guys but for us i feel like i, I whether there's five thousand fans or nine thousand fans i i don't care because first of all it's about what's going on in the ice first and if that's not right then all that other stuff doesn't mean anything to me yeah but the thing is that the the the, the crowd's been going down and they've still been a fairly decent team this whole time and and now when the team is bad, I just think it's going to affect things. I think it might just compound this problem even more. That's just my thoughts. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, play. You get recruits coming in and they see a half empty ten thousand seat arena. 
that's not good. And it's, it's not good, but it's also a matter of, you know, how a coach is going to sell it is, you know, they obviously know that things haven't been great here in the last year or two. So they, they have to be able to sell the idea that you can help turn it around, get us back to where traditionally we've been. I mean, it's just all a matter of how you position it. And, uh, you know, the coach and they can't do anything really about the ticket stuff. They can't really do a thing about fan presence you know they have to build a team that's going to draw those fans and to win and you know that's just not there right now and i I think when people get wound up on tickets and all that kind of stuff it's like i i just you know and how much the fans are there or not there i i like you said i they could be a great team and have a half-assed crowd and i'd still i mean we used to think talk about what years ago when we'd have you know, kind of a half-assed crowd, but we had great teams. It's like, I didn't care about the crowd, to be honest with you, because for me it was like, okay, we got a great team. Maybe there's not a great fan presence this weekend. Who cares? Um, For me, I can say that because I'm not worrying about money. I'm worried about what's going on on the ice. I I think that all that other stuff will take care of itself once you have a team that's out there and is playing well. You're going to lose some fans because of the conference change. Forget about those fans. If they're going to come back, they're going to come back. If they're not, they're not. But it's, to me, the people who you can still win back and have be engaged. You know, They're the ones that are sitting on the sidelines and waiting for things to be better, and that's what I would focus on. Any thoughts, Feeks? <laughs> I just think the U has to be careful about their season ticket base and how bad it could get. They've had declines every year of about 10%. And those are fans that are going to be hard to get back on a season ticket package. So I just think they need to be cautious with how they go forward with that piece. I agree with Hammy. You know, the coaches, they can't worry about it. You know, the fans, you know, come if you want to. Stay away if you don't. One thing that could factor into this as well is the Wild look like they're starting to go into a bit of a tailspin. That could be good for the Gophers if they start winning again. But it's it's a tough market for sports these days and, and the money out there. All right. Well, terrible weekend, boys. I guess hopefully they do a little bit better at Ohio State. But obviously that's, uh, that's a tall task. But uh, before we move on to a few other things, uh, let's hear from our sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is vintage MN hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors, the collegiate teams, to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on vintagemnhockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPLPODCAST, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. All right. Well, uh, before we went on the air, I noticed there was an article from Mr. Brad Schlossman out of uh, the Grand Forks Herald talking about how uh, North Dakota just bid on the 2020 
21 and 22 uh, West Regionals. And uh, he, I mean, he didn't have any info on who else bid, like Minnesota or anything like that. But uh, uh, I'm thinking there's a good chance, Viggs, that North Dakota gets it because they may be the only people bidding. And uh, I, I just think it's interesting. You know, the, the West has pretty much given up. Some of these schools have given up. Uh, it's North Dakota or Minnesota, and Minnesota, they'll do it if they don't have something else going on. But uh, they've been a little busy you know, with, you know, with wrestling regionals and, and basketball regionals. So they kind of avoid it. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but, uh, it's possible. We could have another three straight years in North Dakota here. Yeah, it is very possible. I think one of the big problems with the NCAA regional bidding process is that there are guarantees that the host institution has to make to the NCAA when they host. I think it's about $150,000 that they have to commit to giving back to the NCAAs, and a lot of schools can't risk that. And I think for the University of Minnesota, they have positioned themselves to do these other events, uh, which are easier for them to, to do. And, you know, they're not going to be the target for when they have a half-empty Excel Energy Center for an NCAA regional. And the other teams in the West either need to get the NCAA to change how they do the bidding, or they need to step up and do a bid because otherwise North Dakota is going to be playing in front of a lot of green every time they make it to the tournament. Or they could just have home teams. <laughs> I mean, well, that's you know what, what I mean. Saying? That's At what some... I mean by the, the NCAA right. changing the rules. And, and actually, right. I would love to see an on-campus and to me, uh, first and second round. Yeah. And I would as well, because for me, it's really about, you know, to me, it makes the regular season, it makes the previous games kind of more meaningful because you're saying, okay, we're playing to host home games in the NCAAs. You know, there's some re- real reasoning for them to want to even be better during the season because they want to earn those things. And um, I don't know. I think the whole regional thing, for the most part, is played out. We know that it hasn't been great, a great success a lot of the time. Um, and I would hope that somebody could wake up and just be like, let's try something different. And it's, and we used to do that. So why not, you know, why not try that again? I see Tom's kind of chiming in there and, and what, what, uh, Schlossman is saying is that, uh, like Minnesota is doing the 2021 wrestling and they've got, or 2020 wrestling and they're doing 2021, uh, like an NCAA basketball regional. So in that time period, Minnesota's kind of already committing to other things. So they may not try to to bid on hockey. Yeah, they've got the 2022 women's basketball final four, uh, 2021 gymnastics championship. You know, they've got other stuff that they're going to be busy with at the same time. And another thing, there's just a resource limitation. And and another thing Schlossman said in the article too was that North Dakota would love to see it be able to come back on campus, but it's just not going to happen right now. And they don't see that in in the near future. So they're just going to keep bidding on. On you know in Fargo and in uh, uh, Sioux Falls and keep using those arenas I would assume and uh, just to, I mean if no one else is going to bid more power to them I mean you know we we look back on the numbers and basically Minnesota and North Dakota has been the only people bidding and getting regionals for quite a while now I mean it's and it's now not, it's Penn State getting the Midwest regional yeah. in Eastern Pennsylvania. <laughs> because no one in the Midwest will bid. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's a problem. I mean, we used to see some more bids in, uh, you know, at Grand Rapids. 
was it Van Andel Arena or something uh, somewhere in Grand Rapids, Michigan? We'd see that. I mean, the AHL buildings are are perfect for this. Yeah. The USHL buildings are perfect for this. It's when you get in these NHL venues, like when they tried to do it at Pepsi Center in Denver, yep. in Excel. You know, the fees for using these facilities for a weekend like this are what make it unfeasible. Unfe- yes, but like you said, there we we've got. AHL or not, we got AHL teams, you know, obviously we've got some in Milwaukee. We've got, what was there somewhere in green Bay has got a nice arena. Um, you've got Sioux falls, you've got Fargo. Yes. But, uh, you know, maybe Bemidji could put them in a bid for something like that. Um, you've got uh, Nebraska, Omaha, you've got a b- bunch of places that could do this, but nobody else stand. Nobody else will try. I mean, you've never seen other Minnesota schools try to do it. I mean, you don't have to host at your home arena, but you can, you know, I could see maybe, maybe Mankato and Omaha could do, you know, Sioux Falls or something like that. I, I just, some other schools need to step up instead of just bitching about it. Cause a lot of those other schools bitch about it. And that's about, that's all well, we hear. Who, bi- who bitches about it? Well, you hear the fans from all these other schools that's complain a lot. Exactly. But I the mean, thing it's is, the, fan you, thing, the thing is, and it's, it's like, the, well, it's, no, wait, the ones wait. that have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. It's for the fans though. The fans are coming. You gotta you gotta make the fans happy because they're the ones paying for the tickets. They're the ones traveling. They're the ones coming to see these games. And if you keep going to the same place and you keep giving the tickets to the same North Dakota fans every year, these people have a reason to bitch. But they can't get their own schools to bid. I mean, I'm sure they'd love to, but when North Dakota is the only one bidding, they're gonna get all the tickets, and that's just gonna how it's gonna be. To me, it's more about the NCAA waking up and realizing that they got a situation where things are broken and doing something yeah, about but, it. Yeah, but they're always too late. Expecting everybody else. But too, the fact little, is that you're talking about. I mean, money is tight for a lot of athletic programs, and there, and so is the ability to use people. I mean, they they have to, as Big said, you have to decide, you know, how much bandwidth you actually have and. You know, if it's about trying to make schools change, you know, or alter things, I just don't think that that's the wise way to go. I think you have to look at it from the overall tournament perspective and what changes can you make to make it, you know, a more entertaining thing. If you want to appease the fans, then why not have the the home series, you know, in the first or second round of the NCAA's? Why not? So, well, I'm, from the, from what I heard a few years ago, I don't know if this is still true, but. Uh... For the NCAA, they only make money, or at the time, they only made money off of two tournaments, the NCAA basketball tournament and the NCAA hockey tournament. Everything else, they lose money. And obviously, they're not involved with football because it's not a football, it's not an NCAA-sanctioned thing. So I think the NCAA thinks, you know, we're making money here. Let's just keep it the same. Hey, what do you think, Beegs? Well, I think the other part of it, too, is ESPN has been pretty vocal about how they like the regionals the way they are. Um, I think if you're the NCAA, you're the one that's in control, not ESPN. Uh, ESPN finds a way to broadcast all these D1AA football games at the you know end of the season. They, they figure out how to do all these softball events. I'm sure they little can figure league, out how to do they get little league baseball. You know, eight hockey games. Yeah. They get Little League Baseball right. in somewhere I mean, they, in the middle of Texas. They could figure out a way to, to, to do eight one-and-done hockey games, and I think it would be pretty darn entertaining for two weekends. You know, they could do, you know, three games, three games, two games each each weekend, you know. It would be great. Well, 
We can only hope, but uh, right now, unless we hear something else, it, it, it could be in North Dakota for another three more years for the regionals, folks. So get used to it. And for all those other schools that complain about it, get your school to pony up the money or maybe team with another school to pony up the money. Uh, so We can that. easily see a St. Cloud UMD joint bid at Excel. You know, that could happen. Or, or even Mankato in there as well. Yep. But like you said, the X the X is expensive. <laughs> it's 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 not cheap for them to do. So I don't know. I just thought I'd bring that up because I just saw that right before we talked on on the air. So, uh, but uh, this weekend, uh, Vigs, we're heading to Ohio State. Um, Minnesota hasn't done too bad at Ohio State, and actually, they've played Ohio State fairly good these last few years. Um, considering that Ohio State's been on the up and Minnesota's been on the down. But uh, earlier this season, we had two ties and. And then uh, two uh, second overtime losses to Ohio State. But uh, uh, what are you anticipating this weekend? I mean, obviously, Ohio State has really come on strong since uh, their little weekend struggle with Minnesota a couple months ago. Well, I think Ohio State and Minnesota actually match up pretty well. You know, as I talked about earlier in the podcast, Ohio State's a really structured team. They're a really veteran team. Um Steve Rollick's really split up his lineup. He's put his top veteran forwards on different lines, trying to get depth. And they've gone on quite the streak here. I think they've lost one game in their last 15. Uh, they played pretty well. The one thing that really surprised me, they had the 7-7 game with Michigan State. <laughs> uh, I think we've seen how dangerous that KHL line can be for the Spartans. Uh, but I'm expecting low-scoring games this weekend. It's going to be interesting to see if Minnesota can be disciplined. You know, Ohio State has a pretty good power play when they start to load up all their talent on that unit. Minnesota can't afford to have those situations when they're playing the Buckeyes. And the Buckeyes are going to be looking to seal up the Big Ten title this weekend. That's something for them to play for. You know, they've locked up their NCAA bid. They're one of five teams to do that already for an at large, but I'm sure they'd like to raise a banner. Uh, Mote says, we're doomed, Hammy. Are we doomed? <laughs> I don't disagree. I think we're going to get swept this weekend. I mean, it, <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, Ote, Mote. We are, it's the, yeah, exactly. Ote, Mote. I mean, they've been on a pretty nice streak here in recent uh, last few, what, month or two. Um, they've obviously played really good hockey. We're on the road. Gophers have been inconsistent as hell. Um, of course, that's the kind of time when you all of a sudden see something shocking happen and actually win a game. Um, but it's after what we saw last weekend, you know, and the fact that we're kind of heading down the home stretch and there's probably going to like Viggs talked about earlier, there's going to probably, maybe there'll be a little bit more experimentation simply because they can't earn their way into the, the tournament through an at large bid. So it doesn't hurt really necessarily to, to, uh, try some different things now and experiment with different lineups or different lines. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but uh, I just can't imagine that they won't get swept this weekend. Well, one interesting thing though, uh, Viggs, you actually mentioned earlier this week is that, uh, you know, Minnesota still has a chance to get home ice for the big 10 tournament. They, you said, you know, they need to win kind of half of their games or something along those lines and then need get a little help. So uh, that. Is that what they're playing for right now? Is it just try to get home ice and then just go from there, Viggs? Well, this team definitely doesn't want to have to go back out to Happy Valley. <laughs> you can see that in Which their is, faces. Yeah, that that could easily happen too. 
Yeah, and that would just be a real demoralizing, you know, setup for them to finish their season because they just have not played very well against them. They'd do much better if they could get an opportunity here at home to to keep that dream alive of extending their season. Uh, I do remember the last series, Matt Robson played absolutely outstanding. You know, he was on his game and basically stole those points. The goalies have not played very well the last couple of weeks. I don't think that's their number one issue, but they have been giving up a soft goal or two a game here the last three weekends. And each goalie will get a look, uh, according to Bob Moscow this weekend. Uh, we'll see which guy gets to go first, but uh, Eric Schurhorn's going to get a start, which I thought he was going to get last Saturday. Uh, Moscow, the cr- contrarian, put <laughs> Robson back in there. It was more of the same. So we'll see what happens this weekend. But I think they really want to try to get a win or a point you know, here and then roll the dice here against Notre Dame. Now, how has Ohio State's uh, attendance been this year? Have they gotten any better? Because they always have been kind of a second tier, even when they have – I mean, they had, they've had four and four teams in the past, but uh, you know they play in that gigantic arena, and I, I'm just kind of curious. I haven't looked at their stats for for attendance this year, but uh, are they still having issues, Viggs? Well, I don't think they're ever going to be a sellout Value City Arena, but I know no. it's been getting better each of the last three years, and I know it was trending up when I looked at it back in December. You know, it's not going to be great, but you know it's been better for them. And that's where I think maybe Ohio State could be vulnerable in a Big Ten tournament. Is you know you run a, you run a one-off game at home, uh, whereas you know you go to some of these other arenas. You have a one-off game like you have a one-off game at Penn State. It's going to be hard. You have a one-off game at Michigan. It's going to be pretty hard. You have a one-off game in Ohio State. Yes, they're a good team, but you know what? The crowd is not going to be as much of an issue as it would be, let's say at a Yoast or at a, in, in happy Valley. And they're not going to have much to play for though. They look like they're going to have a number one seed here locked up unless they completely fall on their face. So we've seen that plenty of times with gopher teams as they get in the conference tournament, you know, there's not a whole lot for them to play for. So they're not as invested. Mm-hmm. So that, that could very well be a scenario, but you got to get out of the first round to even have that chance because Ohio State will probably get the bye here. So to even get a chance to play there, you got to get out of the first round. Yeah, Ohio State's got a, a 11-point lead right now and two games in hand over Michigan. So, yeah, they could easily wrap it up this weekend. So, so Ham, you're thinking the Gophers are going to get swept, huh? I don't remember the last time you called for the Gophers to get swept. I don't know if you ever have. Oh, I've, well, I don't know. You might have thought it. I probably never have called them for a sweep, you know, (laughs) to get swept, I mean. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think after this last weekend and seeing the, I mean, even if it's a better matchup. um, Well, you just can't trust this team right now. Say again? You can't trust this team right now. I mean, they could could literally show up and give an effort and and, uh, surprise us and get a win or two this weekend, and we'd be completely shocked. But the way this team is going right now, it, we just don't see that. Yeah, it's just been too inconsistent. I think that some of the key positions, um, you know, some games are all right, some they're not. It's just un, very unpredictable. And 
Um, I, I think this particular weekend, it's just a tough matchup against a very good team. And obviously they have something to play for. Uh, so I just, it's, it's hard to imagine anything positive coming out of this weekend on the road. The one thing I'll say that's positive is that the hardest thing to teach in hockey is goal scoring. And this year we've seen the coaching staff able to get them putting the puck in the net a little more frequently. We've seen a great power play this season. You know, this is a real top heavy team in terms of scoring. You know, that's usually the hardest thing to figure out. You know, it's the defensive side of things that slipped away here the last couple of weeks. Sometimes, you know, that's just a discipline, mental focus part of the game. I think it's easier to expect that to come back into focus than it would be if you're trying to coax your team to score three goals instead of one. Well, it's uh, 5 p.m. games this weekend, folks, so make sure you tune in early if you're going to watch them on TV. They're both on the Big Ten Network, so uh, hopefully they do better. I know you're a little more positive than than Hammy is, Viggs, just because you think it's a a better matchup for Minnesota, but... uh, I think there is a good chance that this team might have already packed it in. Yeah, and we'll see. I hope you not. Know, but some the, some guys could have their eyes on uh, pro contracts here coming up. You know, that's something that can always factor in. But it's still a team that's getting production from Sheehy and Pitlick. Yes. They've just got to figure out how to they're tighten having, things up defensively. They're having pretty good seasons. <laughs> if this team was at the top of the conference, those guys would be in contention for Hobie nominations, you know, at least getting top 10 because this team is playing so poorly. I just don't see them getting any credit on national awards, Yeah, but they're having great years. You know, she, staring down Jones for that shot last week. Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Viggs, what you working on over there at the athletic? Well, I'm trying to, decipher what Bob Moscow's style is going to look like here at Minnesota. You know, <laughs> what kind of team does he want? It's really hard to tell on the defensive end right now what he wants out of his defenseman. Uh, but I'm working on that probably probably another week or so away still on that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be watching for that at, at the Athletic. And, uh, Hammy, you got any more trips planned? <laughs> uh, not until after the season, at least for oh. as of this moment. So, uh, won't be reporting from the, uh, you doing podcasts from the, you know, Vegas or anything like far that. off. Yeah. Nothing like that. I don't think. Well, well, Cardinal did a pretty good job filling in for you. It was, it was nice to have him on for the first time in a while. So, uh, yeah, no surprise. I know yeah. that he's well-spoken obviously. So I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Well, you know, that's our show for this week. You know, be sure to follow Hammy on at Hammy Hockey on Twitter and Vigo on Twitter at EVigo. For those of you listening live, stay tuned for some overtime coming up next. For the rest of you, we'll be back next week to recap this Ohio State series. We'll see what happens. And then we'll preview the home series against Notre Dame. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>